Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. Thanks for being with me today. I've got a really interesting guest. And okay, here's a good visual for you guys. Ira Wolf is a guest and he's a millennial in a baby boomer body. He's a dentist turned strategist, TEDx speaker, seven-time author, and top five global thought leader on the future of work, leadership, and HR. There's no one better equipped to help guide us through these never normal times with his combination of wisdom, wit, and experience. He is the president and chief Googleization officer of Poised for the Future Company, senior consultant with Dame Leadership, and co-host on the top-rated Geek Skeezers Googleization Show podcast. That's a mouthful. Ira's a TEDx speaker and a 2022 inductee into the HR Southwest Conference Speaker Hall of Fame. His most recent book is The Change, Insights into Self-Empowerment, and that's part of the fastest-growing personal development series in the world. He's also co-author of Create Great Culture in a Remote World and author of Recruiting in the Gage of Googleization. He's consistently nominated to Best Recruiting and HR Book List. He's a frequent contributor to Forbes and Medium and has been featured in Wall Street Journal, Eat Magazine, Fast Company, and many more. Ira, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Lee. It's, uh, it's, uh, that's a lot. It's a lot to cover, but it's great to uh, talk to you again uh, after our meeting last fall. Well, it is a lot to cover, but, you know, you we can put it into perspective because of your focus. You're fascinated with innovation and human adaptability. And when I was on your website and adaptability is the way that you come at many things. And, and it's interesting. I've just completed my dissertation and I talk about agility in there. And one of the points I mentioned for feature research is, you know, adaptability, agility, do you see those as the same? Do you see those as different? Talk to us. No, absolutely. And and it's a, it's a, um, I guess it's a more nuanced conversation, uh, which we, we can dig into. So I, I think for most people, um, agility is synonymous with adaptability. I think when we get into certainly the thought leaders and the experts and, you know, individuals who, uh, who have, have practiced uh, agile for so many years, uh, you know, they certainly look at it a little bit differently than adaptability. But for, uh, you know, most people, whether you want to say you need to become more agile or more adept at being agile or become more adaptable, I think they're one and the same. I tend to look at it is, is that agile is, is more, uh, in uh, a more organizational, um, you know, it certainly, you know, came from the software world, um, being more, more innovative and more proficient and more effective and more efficient, uh, where adaptability seems to be resonates a little bit more with the individual, uh, how we need to change, but ultimately they both accomplish the same thing. How, how do we adapt to, uh, change, uh, faster and more effectively? Well, you just ask yourself a really good question. How do we adapt to change? 
Yeah, you in know, today's we deal, world. Yeah, we deal with that all day long. I, I teach, uh, I'm a, a professor, an adjunct professor, and one of my classes is uh, innovation and entrepreneurship. And we just had a guest lecturer, you know, come in today and, and they were talking about it. And he, and he, he was talking about from a cognitive approach. And that's certainly, you know, how you and I met from at, at a neuroscience summit. Um, so there, there's a lot in there to understand how, how we relate to change. Um, but you know, the basics of it is that, uh, and this certainly came out during the pandemic, uh, which is hard to believe that it's four years ago. You know, about this month, uh, that we we talked that uh, that we were faced with the pandemic, and we were all forced to adapt rather quickly. Uh, and we found out, you know, some of us were comfortable with that change. Some of us adapted. Uh, you know, fairly smoothly and effectively, you know, we, we picked up, well, I was working from home, so the world caught up to me, but a lot of other people picked up their, their laptops and uh, sometimes even their computers and they took it home and they figured out ways to, you know, get the work done, but there's still people that are still struggling with that. Uh, some of the forced changes and, it, and it turned out, and I know this isn't, isn't medically uh, a sound description of it, but we found that we're addicted to certainty humans are addicted to certainty we're, we're fearful of that that's part of a, how our brains work and and that old amygdala you know triggers that response and and attempts to protect us by the unknown and then the uncertain uh, so you know it's a long way around that answer but going back to how do we change how do we become more adaptable one is its recognition uh that that's that we we do need to fear some change but not all change, and we need to become uh, a little bit more astute uh, at, at you know, recognizing the signs. Um, but we also need to overcome that level of certainty that we all be, you know, we all became comfortable with. And um, so we, you know, we have a, a model which we can dig into if you choose. Uh, that it's called the ACE model, uh, and it's it's uh, built on similar to IQ and EQ, you know, until, you know, the, we, we, we lived for years, uh, for decades, uh, with the higher the IQ, the, the smarter we are, the, the, the higher we, we climbed on, um, you know, I, I guess the success ladder. And then, you know, over 30, 30 years ago, uh, EQ came onto the scene and, and it's how do we relate to, to people a little bit better? How do we express empathy and, and and develop that bond and that connectivity with other people and now we need to be able to connect with change and that's that's what we're, we're calling aq and the model we base it on is called ace uh, which is abilities character and environment so all of us i mean whether we're a leader or whether we're an individual we're gonna have to deal with change and we do we deal with it a lot better when we decide to deal with it in a positive manner. I mean, how many times have you heard the saying, well, it is what it is. And, and some people like that. That makes him feel really comfortable. But in today's world, what I have found is it is what it is what we adapt to and it is what we make it. So when you talk about the ACE model, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, can I can I just go back to it is what it is? Sure. Because in the world we live in, the assumption is it is what it is. Is the it it it's more is I like the way it was. It I like the way it was in the past. I want to go back to that. And we certainly heard you know we heard that through that the whole pandemic, and we're still hearing that we can't wait to get back to normal. But 
it is what it is, is that our current world is what I call, I describe as never normal. We were, we're never going back to normal. We never did go back uh, in time. And that would be pretty ugly and horrific if, if we went back because what, you know, how far back are we going? And things, we, we tend to look at the past sometimes in a, in a more favorable light, but I, you know, I'm old enough to, to remember when, you know, we, we just had the, the Supreme Court rulings, um, you know, on abortion. Um, I, but I remember a time when was was pre-Wade, uh, Roe Wade. Um, it was pre-civil rights. Um, it was not a pleasant time. Is that what we want to go back to? And there's certainly people that do. But when we talk, when I talk about it is what it is, it is what it is, is we are moving in a fast, evolving, accelerating pace of change. It is what it is, is it is never normal. We need to become functional and learn how to thrive in a never normal world. So I'm so glad you brought up it is what it is because I think it's perception. It is what is, you know, some people look at it is what it is, is, hey, it's going to the past. And other people are just saying, hey, this is the world we live in and we need to become better at it, which then leads into the ACE model. So the ACE model is that abilities, character and environment. And it's not, the, the C is character and that really, is that we're not looking to, to change people's personality. I mean, we're not, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a therapist. We're not about to lay people down on a couch or to, to change their behavior in that way. If you're introverted or extroverted, all, all that is important to know is how you might respond best to change. What the abilities are, what the A is, it represents abilities that we can all learn. And we call them abilities because they're skills. And it's things like grit. And we, we can get into the definitions and, and, and these if you choose. Um, but we talk about grit and we talk about resilience and people are familiar with that. But we also talk about growth mindset and everybody likes to grow, but not everybody likes the, those, those unexpected, unprecedented challenges. Um, we're fearful of making mistakes, of looking stupid, of being uncomfortable, which goes back to how we started this conversation. Um, so we have grit, resilience, uh, mindset, but we also have mental flexibility. It's the ability to keep multiple thoughts um, uh, I describe it as dealing with ambiguity and dealing with paradox simultaneously. So we, sometimes we hear information that uh, seems contradictory, but how do we put, how do we deal with that in our head at the same time uh, and, and make sense of it? And then finally, the fifth uh, ability is unlearning, which we differentiate from learning because we can, we, we're constantly hearing that we can't, we need to um, be continuously learning throughout our life. It's not like before you can, you, you get a degree, you get a skill and you can carry that your lifetime. Um, the life, the life cycle of a, of a skill these days is under two years. I mean, what, you know, I tell my college students, unfortunately, what they're learning as freshmen, um, they're going to have to either relearn or modify or, um, you know, that, that skill, whatever they learn today may not be, um, as, as in demand, even five years from now. So it, it's learning the basics, but it's constantly be evolving. But just as importantly, and this is where neuroscience comes in, where we met, uh, is unlearning it. How do we, how do we, un, how do we change our bad behaviors? How do we unlearn what was successful in the past and be able to move forward? 
And then, so that's the individual side. And then the, the organizational side uh, is the E, is the environment. And are the environments conducive to supporting that change? Because it is scary. And a lot of times um, leaders want other people to, to be, to have a growth mindset and they want them to innovate, but they don't allow them to make mistakes or they don't provide the support that they need or the policies and the, the processes don't support that. So um, there's a combination of how do you become adaptable? Part of it is the burden falls on individual shoulders and part of it falls on management shoulders. But you've mentioned the word mindset a couple of times, and I think that it's it's all about your mindset as an individual and as an organization. And growth mindset is something that I, it's more talked about a lot in the last couple of years. I think it's the recognition that we do we have a need for that. Uh, Ira, I have clients that still come in and they're still grieving over what they lost as a result of the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my only advice is, you know, you'll never get that back. I'm happy to help you work and develop your new, your own personal new norm, but the old is gone. How do we get people past that grieving? How do we get people to open up and develop a growth mindset? Yeah, so, you know, and, and you may be the better person uh, or, or other counselors and therapists to, to be able to talk about that. Um, and, and so, you know, but I'm so, I, I think the analogy or the metaphor of talking about why people are struggling uh, of grieving going through that process. And, you know, so some of the some of the modalities that would help through that are the same that help people, whether it's a, you know, a, a loss of a loved one or a friend. Um, but I, I've got a good a friend and colleague who comes up with all these uh, wonderful, uh, I guess, um, metaphors. And he was the one who, who introduced me to addict that we're addicted to certainty. But he talked about in the beginning of the pandemic that we're what we were grieving was the loss of future memories at the mm. time. Uh, and, and, and I can very, very well um, appreciate that because in, in, in March of, of 2020, when we all went into lockdown, uh, within that six to eight month period of time, there were four major celebrations that our family was gonna hold. Um, I was, I was hitting a landmark birthday. Um, my granddaughter was having, uh, was having a landmark uh, birthday. My mother and my father-in-law were both having landmark birthdays. Um, and my wife was planning these celebrations, um, throughout the year at different times at the, and the family would all get together. We also had six or seven weddings, friends of ours, um, children were getting married, friends of were getting married and all of those went away. And we were grieving the loss of those future memories. So, you know, going back to the grieving, I think it's a, it's a brilliant uh, metaphor for that. And some of the, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a grief counselor, but some of the modalities are, are now related to not only grieving, but performance. How are we all going to function and be successful going forward? And, and by the same token, that, that process is how do you move from a fixed 
to a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset is is essentially one is it could be fear of of something new, fear of making a mistake, and that's where the environment and and surrounding yourself with the right people might um, be. Who are the people that are supportive and not not those um, picking you apart and identifying that you you made multiple mistakes? But who are the people that are supportive through that process that allow you to think that? A, a mistake is necessary for success. That's an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, every entrepreneur, uh, everyone thinks that they, they started the business and they're an overnight success, and they don't realize how many failures they've had. You know, even Thomas Edison, who was, who was possibly one of the, the greatest you know, inventors and innovators of all time, um, you know, he, he, he attempted to... Uh, to um, to create the light bulb, to create light, but to create the light bulb, um, he he himself said it was three thousand times. He, he had three thousand attempts to do um, what was required to do that. So he had, you know, two thousand nine hundred and ninety nine failures along the way. You know, other people try it once or twice and then they give up. So the the pathway from that fixed to growth mindset to being come comfortable with being uncomfortable, comfortable that they look at challenges uh, as opportunity. They look at mistakes uh, as just part of the journey and they learn from them. That goes back to the learning and unlearning that we just talked about. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily say, you know, what what's, it's, it's not, not the magic bullet, but it is the pathway. And, you know, what are the, the what are the, I guess the skills or the tips to get there? Um, it, you know, that I leave up to coaches and, and other counselors, um, but it's a necessary part uh, of, of that journey. Well, and it is. And I think, you know, you're an expert about the future of work. And I think that it's this what we're talking about today represents some of the biggest challenges for people to move forward in the future of work. Oh, for sure. You know, it, it even goes back to um learning new skills. So uh, in, in a couple interviews that I've done in the last few days, and then LinkedIn just came out with their new uh, the 2024 in-demand, uh, in the, the most in-demand skills. And right at the top of the list, which is ironic, is communication and team building. And, and I've been in business for almost 40 years, one way or the other, uh, in the workforce. I won't say in business, but in the workforce for almost 40 years. And since the beginning of, of my career, and, and, and this may be much longer, communication and team building was always talked about. It was, it was always on the, on the to-do list, um, but uh, there was a lot of lip service given to it. Uh, what's interesting now is that nine out of 10 of the executives that were interviewed uh, in, the, in the research uh, for their study, identified communication and team building as being, you know, really number one and number two. But the most important skill right now, which they said the most it, that on the spot skill that's required is adaptability. And where this becomes so important is we talk about reskilling, we talk about we talk about upskilling, reskilling, and even deskilling. And deskilling is 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 you know, almost synonymous with that unlearning is what are some of the bad habits that we had or good good behaviors good habits in the past which are no longer as effective as they need to be so we have upskilling reskilling and deskilling 
The challenge with that is every one of those requires people to change their behavior. And very few times do, and very little effort is given by organizations and you know coaches and trainers to help people walk through that change. It's that if we lead, you know, if we lead the horse to water, it's going to drink. And we know that's not true. <laughs> we, we know that sometimes creating opportunity that is so obviously better for the individual does not help. I mean, classic smoking people, smoking and drinking. People know that it's not good for them, but they continue to do it. Um, how do though so th there's it's the same thing when it comes to, to change. Uh, how do we get people to be, you know, to embrace the fact, to overcome that fear, to, to stop doing what is harmful to them? And frankly, not adapting um, today is, is harmful. Um, the rate of change, uh, e even to people like myself who are fascinated by change, are terrified by the rate of change. Um, it's frightening, and I'm not sure that I'm frightened for me, although there's definitely levels of uncertainty and, and things that are that I'm pretty fearful of what it's going to be for my children or for my children and grandchildren. But the reality is it's it's even more terrifying uh, for people who resist that, who think that we're going to be able to reverse the clock or slow the clock down. And with AI, and the tech convergence of technologies that we have now, uh, it's just not going to happen. So uh, I, I was, I was excited to see that that adaptability was recognized once again. McKinsey and Deloitte have already recognized that it's the number one skill for future employability. But now LinkedIn has identified it as is it's the skill of the moment. So let's talk about adaptability because if you could give people some ideas about what they need in their toolbox. What would you, what would you suggest? Well, I, and this is a personal preference um, and there is some research, but people have, you know, whether it's grit or resilience, I, my, and, and I've, I've been studying this for 20 years is growth mindset. Um, I, the, the, to look at the future through opportunity um, to see, you know, to we need to again be fearful of of unregulated and uncontrolled AI. There's no question that there is a lot of danger in you know a lot of things in in the wrong hands. There's a lot of bad actors out there, but we also have to recognize all the opportunities out there. And I. The best way to get to that is really through, you know, having developing that growth mindset. How do we come? How do we become? How do we learn to recognize opportunities? So one is having a level of curiosity, not necessarily reading everything we see off the internet or or living in our bubbles and and our neighbors and friends. Sometimes uh, their viewpoints uh, may not be the most productive and the most positive. So who are, who are the contrarians? Who, who are people that initially you may not agree with, but you seek them out to find out how do they see the world and why do they see the world in a more positive way? Because it's pretty amazing. Of, of even the people that I surround myself with and the people that that I I look to, uh, there's there's people that are are 
are, are you know talking about government control and regulation of AI, which is probably not going to ever work because we're, they they can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, and they still haven't figured out social media from 20 years ago. So regulate, there's not going to be any way to really regulate it. Um, but I never looked at it that way, and maybe that's my downside. I looked at it the opportunities, and when you talk to people about what are some opportunities that develop? If, when, I, when I ask people uh, in a general audience of who would be in favor of who would support technology to uh, cure cancer, um, to cure Parkinson's, to cure dementia, um, you know, you, you know, certainly you got into this because of brain trauma. Um, yeah. And what if AI could help us either find treatments that make, that help, um, um, you know, people that are injured or people that have a chronic disease or people that are, um, uh, again, uh, debilitating diseases. What if AI would help us mitigate that or even cure it? And everybody always is in favor. Everybody knows someone who has Parkinson's, dementia, brain trauma, um, diabetes, heart disease. What if we could mitigate or cure those? And everybody always is, is in favor of that. And then you say, but what about um, it replacing, you know, one of the, the stats that I, I keep seeing coming true, and this was repeated somewhat in the, in the uh, LinkedIn study, was that two thirds of all jobs will be one third automated. Now that doesn't mean you're out of work with the one third, uh, you know, the one third of the time, doesn't mean the jobs are eliminated, but the job skills that are required to do those jobs is gonna change for almost everybody to, to some degree. And that requires us to learn and unlearn. And that requires us to adapt. And, but the one skill that we never teach people is how to adapt. We just teach them what to do, but we don't provide an environment or the skills of how to do it, which then goes back to our toolbox. Is it because people don't have the grit? They don't have the passion and perseverance to do it. So, uh, and those are different, but that's what grit is. Grit, grit isn't just being gritty and working harder, you know, which was the old, you know, uh, work ethic that, that many managers and leaders still believe in. You know, if it's like if, if at first you don't succeed, you just have to work harder, but you really have to work smarter. And in, and in order to do that, you have to also have a passion for what you do. You have to be aligned. You have to understand why you're doing it. Um, so grit, you know, grit is something we can help people develop because some people don't know why and they don't have they're they're willing to persevere, but they don't know why they're going to persevere. So they 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 get stressed or burnt out doing it. Uh, resilience is the ability to to to, to rebound. To, to how do you deal with setbacks, and and that gets into stress management and learning stress skills and 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 coping skills. Um, and and there's been a lot of focus on that. So most organizations and and most people that are most coaches and counselors and therapists are doing pretty well with that. But they they neglect the unlearning and they neglect the growth mindset because you, you really need all of them. You, you need to be able to look at challenges as opportunity 
but then recognize that you're, you're going to need grit to keep going because there will be setbacks. And when there's setbacks, how do we bounce back? How do we, and how do we bounce back quickly and not be devastated each time by that? And simultaneously, we need to learn, we, we need to learn new ways to do things, but that sometimes comes at the expense of unlearning the things that aren't working as well as they did in the past. Um, so the, the tools in my toolbox are grit, resilience, charisma, you know, mindset, uh, and unlearning. And mental flexibility is is probably the most difficult one. How do you deal with ambiguity? And I, I always describe it. How do you listen to MSNBC and Fox News at the same time <laughs> and, and make sense and, and make sense of it? Um, it, it is challenging, uh, but that's that's really one of the skills. But I think the if you develop the other ones, then the mental flexibility. I, I think comes with it. Well, I think it takes mental flexibility to be able to unlearn behavior. And at the Brain Performance Center, that is really one of the biggest challenges is people are all, you know, yes, yes, I want to learn. I want to learn a new way to do it. And but they have a much harder time letting go and unlearning. And my response is, well, everything you've learned can be unlearned. And but what do you think stops people from wanting to unlearn? Yeah, that's so interesting. And, and I learned and again, I learned, you know, you, you may be more um, knowledgeable about this because I'm I'm an armchair neuroscientist or, or, or a hobbyist, maybe. Uh, and, and I wanted to learn, you know, what, what that is. And, and so there's a lot of the myths. I, I wrote a series of 12 or 15 articles earlier uh, or later last last year, uh, which are, you know, up on my website. Uh, but we talked about, you know, a lot of what were a lot of the myths. And, and certainly one of those myths when it got to learning and unlearning um, was that you're too old to learn or that the, you know, over time or, you know, the older you get, the tougher it is to to um, learn something new or or incapable of learning something new. You can't, you know, we all heard the, the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, which is a lie. You can, um, you know, we have our brains, um, you know, fortunately we, we're, we, we have neuroplasticity, um, which gets back to the unlearning. The unlearning part isn't really doing a brain dump. We're not we're not cutting the neurons and saying, listen, why don't we just go and we'll we'll block all the impulses uh, down that pathway and we'll just stop it. I mean, that would be nice, and maybe someday we'll be able to do that. But the reality is, is what we know how to do is we learn how to to, to learn new behaviors, and that takes practice because our brain, our our, our the spontaneous um, reaction. A response of, of any stimuli in our brains is to go down the neural pathway that's well developed. And that's that habit that we learned. And we don't think about those things. They're comfortable. They're easy for us to do. And so unlearning really isn't, um, again, severing those, those neural pathways, but it's learning something new. It's, it's creating a new pathway. And that takes practice and it takes perseverance and it takes support. And you know, humans aren't very good at, um, you know, we, we just we just crossed over the new year. So everybody, not everybody, because some people have just given up on New Year's resolutions because you start them of going to the gym, dieting, becoming, you know, more compassionate, uh, what, you know, finding a new job, whatever it is. And then life gets in the way and we stop. 
So we, in order to develop a, a new habit, uh, you know, whether it's, it's doing the same thing over and over again for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, whatever, whatever habit we're trying to build and whatever theory or model you believe in, it's repetition until it becomes second nature. And then that new habit overwhelms. It just becomes the common root. It's no different than there's a, a route that you, you know, you, you drove to work or drove home or drove to your family over and over and over and over again. And finally the bridge goes out and you have to learn a new route. Um, that's what, you know, as simple as it can get, that's, that's what uh, unlearning is really developing a new habit, a new neural pathway that just overwhelms the old. And uh, until we come up with time when we can just automatically sever that old pathway, um, it, you know, it's going to take good old grit and resilience to be able to do it. And that's why they work so hand in hand, including, as you said, uh, mental flexibility, because mental flexibility may be this is the way that's always worked. But now you're telling me that was completely wrong. Um, you know, again, in my myths of the old dog, you know, old dogs can't learn new tricks. You know, is right that, you know, the right brain and left brain theory <laughs> that we had. Um, you know, oh, you're, you, you know, I'm right brain, so I'm not creative, or I'm right brain and I'm, I'm really creative and I can't do math, or I can't do math because I'm, I'm an artist. Um, all those are technically myths that we grew up with and they're being perpetuated. And now thanks to neuroscience and, and a lot of the work that um, you and a lot of people we follow are doing, uh, we're learning that there, there's a better way, but we, we, have to, you know, we have to accept that sometimes things that we learned weren't 100% accurate. Well, and in the beginning, you, it amazed me when you said, you know, a skill that you learn will will last two years. Oh, my gosh. And now with AI, for our listeners, you know, we've got about six or seven minutes left. Let's focus on what new skills are necessary for success. Let's look ahead and help our listeners look ahead. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm going to go back to and I'm going to keep it pretty basic because, you know, certainly if you if you look at LinkedIn studies and you look at many of the other ones, communication is certainly up there as a skill and team building, you know, collaborating. But it's different because it's not just being in a room and, and getting along with people and, and learning how to to respect their differences and being more inclusive and creating a more diverse mindset. But we have to, we're doing it remotely. You know, we, we need to to work with people that we may never meet in person, um, but we can do it on screen and people are still struggling with with working, doing projects together um, on, on a two dimensional object uh, through a screen. And hopefully technology will improve that and we'll all be able to be in the same room someday during with holograms. Um, but it's really, you know, quite interesting. Um, you know, how we're, how we're getting there. Um, so communication and team building are there, but I'm going to go back to, you know, what the core topic, um, adaptability is a skill. It's a competency and the roots of comp the roots of adaptability are made up of grit, resilience, growth mindset, mental flexibility, and unlearning. Um, it's important for people just as, uh, you know, whether if those were five skills on a curriculum, 
um, you get A's in all of them, and none of us are good at all of them. I, I can I can verify that. We have lots of data to show that. Uh, but which ones are holding you back? Not which ones are you good at? And I know a lot of people will always look at this at the strengths and say, well, I'm just not, you know, I, I'm, people have always patted me on the back for, for having perseverance, for never giving up. Well, you know what? Sometimes not get, giving up is, is a better move. Sometimes running, trying to run through the wall, maybe there's another pathway or maybe what's on the other side of that wall isn't really going to help you. It's it's that's not what success looks like. So how do you climb over the wall? Or you know maybe you're it, maybe you're charging in the wrong direction. So I, I those are the, the 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 kind of the micro skills or the sub skills that I would look at. But I think it you know in in from everything that I've seen and especially with all the efforts that are being out there you know going down to even in upskilling and reskilling. Uh, Everything that I know of for for somebody to to move down the the pathway towards success and and also not just not just professional success but personal success it is one of the biggest struggles we have now is is um, anxiety um, we have burnout and we have you know fairly high levels of of people have have mental illness I mean you know and again um, people are struggling. People are absolutely struggling and better coping skills aren't going to be enough because things are continuing to evolve. And, and so we have to help people become adapt to that never normal, you know, which we talked about earlier. How do we help people not only just survive, but how do we help them adapt and thrive in a world that is completely uncertain, ambiguous, uh, you know, we talk about VUCA, which is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. That is our new normal. And how do we help people thrive in that? And I think it, it goes back to we need to help people become more adaptable. Well, and I think that it's it's not just when we say we, I assume you're talking about HR and senior management, but I think it's society. I think it's a bigger responsibility because we do live in a VUCA world, and I don't think we'll ever get out of it. And the global disruptions, the technology, everything that we've talked about, how good it is, it's it's a double-edged sword. And I I feel that many people struggle with VUCA. And many people are, are going to be forced to to live in that world. So real quickly, if you had one piece of advice to give those people, besides learn adaptability, what would it be? Well, I'm, you know, I, I some people say I'm the skeptic because they always see both sides of it. But um, I believe that, that the future is, I mean, we're living in a unique time. And my one piece of advice is, there is so much opportunity out there. And if you're not getting the support that you feel you need, if you're being surrounded by people that say it's not gonna work and how terrible the world is, um, find a different circle of friends, uh, whether, you know, and, and sometimes it's difficult if it's your, you know, I'm not telling you to disregard your family, um, but there are, uh, uh, there, are, there are many, many, many people who see the opportunity and the, improvements and uh you know how the world can be a better place and and they see everything is at least the glass half full rather than half empty and so 
surround yourself, you know, listen, listen, there's lots of podcasts. I've got mine, you've got yours. Um, we share these messages every week and the world um, really could be a better place. And um, there's a lot of ways to do it. So I'm going to interpret that. And to me, what I heard you say is replace the word challenge with the word opportunity. And if you, it's it's your it's how you look at things. If you're seeing everything as a challenge, it will be. If you see everything as an opportunity, it will be. So thank you so much for being with me today. Please tell our listeners how they can find you and learn more about you. I'm sure you have some social media going on. Oh, absolutely. So for those that are on LinkedIn, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. So please uh, reach out, connect and connect and say that you heard me on the on our, the podcast with Lee. Um, you can also go to irawolf.com and my company website is adaptabilitytoolkit.com. Or, well, just, or, or just do a Google search. My name pops up. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say Google because, you know, we never got to learn about that chief googleization officer role <laughs> thank you so much for being with me today we've got lots more to talk about so let's talk again soon yeah my pleasure thanks very much lee on behalf of lee richardson and the brain performance center we want to thank you for listening if you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TheBrainPerformanceCenter.com. Center.com.